Hi, this is Taylor. Uh, just before this episode begins, I do have to warn you, it is very uh, difficult to listen to. Um, Audrey, she shares uh, different medical descriptions uh, about what happens during to a child during different kinds of abortion, and it is, it's graphic, um, and that's just because it's the truth. So viewer discretion, listener discretion, I guess, um, advise for this. If this is very difficult, um, a little too upsetting for you, you listen to, you don't have to listen to it. You can skip ahead to the next one. Um, also, you we would love to be there and support you. So you can reach out to Lori, Lori Becker, who's on our show notes, her email, uh, to follow up with her. She would love to walk there, walk with you and be with you. Um, also, if you're on the March for Life trip, you know, I, uh, your youth minister, um, or even any one of our staff members would love to, to walk with you through a difficult time. But it is still a great um, and impactful listen, so I encourage you to give it a chance. Is there a home for This is Audrey with Hiding Place for our third installment of our mini podcast series. All right, this episode is going to be a little bit heavier. Um, In the last episode, we went through the apologetics, the intellectual side of things of why we should be pro-life or or defense of the pro-life position. But this episode is going to be a little bit of a deeper dive into what abortion actually is. What is actually happening to the child when it is removed from the womb? Abortion breaks everything it touches, and this is something I didn't fully come to realize until I was able to spend time outside of actual abortion facilities attempting to help women who are going inside. For the first time, I watched woman after woman walk inside with their son or daughter and come out having left with their son or daughter abandoned in pieces inside the door of the facility. I sometimes even saw devastation and anxiety of the father sitting outside the cars as their child is being killed. But on the flip side, I also saw so many mothers who likely felt very abandoned by the man in their life. I saw apathy from fathers sitting in their cars while the woman was inside alone, having her child killed, which resulted in likely a tremendous loneliness for the women that I cannot begin to fathom. The point is, abortion does break everything it touches, from the woman to the father to the, to the grandparents, everyone involved in an abortion, even the abortionist, right, who is pulling out the limbs of, of dead children. So ultimately, abortion breaks everything, but most of all, we know that it breaks the unborn child. We know that it violently hurts the unborn child. So I'm going to take this episode, and I'm going to walk through the various abortion procedures, I'm going to give um, a couple of these are going to be direct quotes from medical textbooks, uh, but much of it is just uh, descriptions, um, uh, whether it be from abortionists, from textbooks, um, or even just um, uh, from from various sources. So the first one is a medical abortion. You may have heard this uh, spoken of or referred to as a pill abortion. Medical abortions are performed up to the 10-week mark of pregnancy. The woman visits an abortion clinic or a doctor's office and ingests a pill called mifepristone, also known as RU486. 
The drug blocks the action of the hormone called progesterone, which is naturally produced by the mother's body to enable the mother to sustain and nourish the pregnancy. When progesterone is blocked, the lining of the mother's uterus breaks down, cutting off blood and nourishment to the baby, who then dies inside of its own mother's womb. 24 to 48 hours later, the woman ingests another drug called misoprostol, administered orally or vaginally, which causes contractions and bleeding to expel the baby from the womb. Planned Parenthood reports that about 339,000 of these medical abortions happen every year in the United States. Next, we will cover the methods used for the other 522,000 abortions that occur each year. The next one is called a DNC abortion, also known as a dilation and curatage abortion. It is performed in the first 12 weeks of pregnancy when the baby is in the process of growing her vital organs, her external features are appearing, and she starts to move around the womb and kick. The abortionist uses metal rods or medication to dilate the woman's cervix and gain access to the uterus where the baby resides. The abortionist then inserts a suction catheter to vacuum the child from the womb. The suction machine has a force approximately 10 to 20 times the force of a household vacuum cleaner. The procedure is completed as the abortionist uses sharp metal devices called curettes to empty the remains of the child from the mother's uterus. The pieces of the baby are then counted to make sure that every leg, every limb, every organ is there and nothing is remaining in the mother. The next procedure is called a DNE abortion or a dilation and evacuation abortion. It is typically performed after the 14th week of pregnancy. The abortionist inserts a large suction catheter into the uterus and turns it on, emptying the amniotic fluid. After the amniotic fluid is removed, the abortionist uses a soffer clamp, a grasping instrument with rows of sharp, quote, teeth to grasp and pull the baby's arms and legs, tearing the limbs from the child's body. The abortionist continues to grasp the intestines, spine, heart, lungs, and any other limbs or body parts. The most difficult part of the procedure is usually finding, grasping, and crushing the baby's head. After removing pieces of the child's skull, the abortionist uses a curette to scrape the uterus and remove the placenta and any remaining parts of the body. The abortionist then collects all the baby parts and reassembles them to make sure there are two arms, two legs, and all of the pieces have been removed, similar to the DNC. The next procedure is uh, a DNX abortion, also known as uh, a dilation and extraction or a partial birth abortion. It is typically used after 24 weeks of pregnancy and is performed over the course of multiple days. The first step of the procedure consists of finding and grasping onto one of the baby's legs and pulling the legs out of the vagina. In describing the procedure, uh, Dr. Martin, a famous abortionist, says, quote, when the instrument appears on the sonogram screen, the surgeon is, a open, is able to open and close its jaws to firmly and reliably grasp the lower extremity. The surgeon then applies firm traction to the instrument and pulls the extremity into the vagina. The surgeon uses his fingers to deliver the torso, the shoulders, and the upper extremities. The skull lodges at the internal cervical opening. Usually there's not enough dilation for it to pass through. Applying traction to the shoulders with fingers of the left hand, the surgeon takes a pair of blunt curved scissors in the right hand. He carefully advances the tip of these scissors curved down 
along the spine and under his middle finger until he feels it contact the base of the skull under the tip of his middle finger. The surgeon then forces the scissors into the base of the skull or into the foramen magnum. Having safely entered the skull, he spreads the scissors to enlarge the opening. The surgeon removes the scissors and introduces a suction catheter into this hole and evacuates the skull contents. Now, some of you have likely never heard that before. Maybe even getting on this bus ride, like I said before, you knew that abortion was wrong, but you didn't know what it did. You didn't know the violence of abortion. And whether or not you would still consider yourself maybe pro-choice or somewhere in the middle, I think we all can agree from these descriptions that if nothing else, abortion is violence against young children, the most innocent among us. I want to share with you a story from, um, of orphaned victims of abortion. This story occurred in uh, 2022 in Washington, D.C. A couple pro-life activists, uh, friends of mine, uh, Teresa Bakovinak and Lauren Handy, were going to sidewalk counsel at a, an abortion clinic. Like I said before, sidewalk counseling is where you stand outside of clinics and lovingly support alternate support to women walking in. On this day, they noticed that a truck had come to dispose of some, quote, medical waste boxes from the clinic. The activist asked if they could keep one of the boxes, having a suspicion, a suspicion of what might be inside. As these two women carried their box into the small DC apartment, they struggled to carry the box because it was so cumbersome and heavy. And when they carefully cut open the top of the box, they pulled out some plastic and horror set in as they pulled out a small jar a jar that looked like Tupperware, which contained the body of a little baby girl. Then they reached back in and pulled out another jar, another baby dead. Then another jar and another and another, and 110 times they pulled out a body from the cardboard box. After those 110, they looked in the box and saw that there were five larger containers. Their hands were shaking as they pulled one of them out, noticing how much heavier it was than the others. They opened it, and in it, they found a fully formed third trimester baby inside. Her head was crushed, but her right eye was wide open and looking right at them. The sight of that little girl and the four other late-term children in that box changed their lives forever. This box, full of dead children, was one of many loaded onto the truck that day at just one of hundreds of abortion clinics across the country. As we go about our lives each day, thousands of children are discarded like trash, deemed medical waste, and forgotten by society, not even given the dignity of a proper burial. That story is very difficult to hear. Um, and I know that there might be a lot of discomfort when you hear that story, hearing the descriptions of these, of these dead children who have, who have been killed. Um, but I encourage you to sit in that. Don't, don't laugh it off out of discomfort. Don't, don't just go about your day right after this and, and start a new conversation, but allow yourself to sit with it and let your heart be broken for those who have been killed legally in our society. For that little girl who had her, her skull crushed who my friends found at that abortion clinic. And lastly, I want to leave you with a verse from the book of James. This is James chapter 1, verse 12. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless, faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. 
Who is more orphaned than those 115 children who were abandoned by every person that was supposed to take care of them? Who is more widowed than a woman walking into a clinic feeling hopeless and alone because the father of her baby threatens to leave her if she refuses to destroy her child? There is so much brokenness and injustice in our world, but abortion is in a category of its own. I encourage you to take a few minutes of silence to reflect on what you've just heard. Let the reality of abortion break your heart and change the way you live. <laughs> 